All right, welcome in episode 134, What's Right with Nick Wright. After the, let's call it mixed reviews of my sweatsuit from yesterday, from uh, Thursday's show, I've decided I'm just going to wear, I'm going to wear as many shows in a row, some type of sweatsuit or tracksuit until I run out of them. They won't all be exactly coordinating monochromatic, I should say, the way the first one, the way the one on Thursday was. However, it's going to be like this. Also, before we even get into today's show, I'd like to say something about the local radio business, if I will, if I may, and I may. So I'm a radio guy through and through. I've done television now for amazingly. God, I got hired by Fox April 20th of 2016. So almost seven years. I'm a month away from seven years at Fox. But I did radio in college in Syracuse. I did radio for five years in Kansas City. I did radio for four years in Houston. During the TV show, I did two years of Mad Dog Radio. I, and that's why I like doing this podcast. This podcast has a radio feel to it. And sometimes the local radio industry is just maddening. So on two different coasts in two different drastically different size markets, there were two, I don't even know if you'd call them firings, but two guys were let go, and both are indefensible for different reasons. One guy I know, one guy I don't, and I just want to spend 90 seconds on it here to start the show before we get into the NFL free agency and everything. So in Syracuse, New York, Brent Axe, who has been the voice of Syracuse sports on a sports talk in a sports talk capacity, was let go uh, yesterday, or was it Sunday? It was announced yesterday. And they're not hiding what happened. The guy, the owner of the station, said he was too critical of Syracuse. Jim Beheim also happens to be an equity owner of the station. They're doing a lot more stuff with Beheim now that Beheim's retired. And the guy put quotes in the newspaper saying he bleeds Syracuse orange and thought Brent was too critical, which would be an embarrassing quote to give For anyone, it's particularly embarrassing when you're talking about a a region or a city, most notably a school, that is supposed to have the best journalism program in the country and saying you wish Brent Axe covered Syracuse the way he covered the Buffalo Bills. Well, the Bills, my poking at them notwithstanding, are going through the best period they've had in 30 years, while Syracuse football, basketball, lacrosse is going through arguably the worst period it's had in 30 years. So that I thought was mortifying. I feel sick for Brent, even though I don't know him. Then on the other coast, Damon Bruce, who I do know, who I think is one of the three or four best sports talk guys in the country, he got let go by my former employer, And best I can tell, and I haven't talked to Damon, but best I can tell, he was a victim of of longevity and success. Damon just crushed in the ratings. He he, uh, worked for the game in San Francisco, which is owned by the same company that owned the station I worked for in Kansas City and Houston, and was number one in the ratings, beating the other station, had been there a decade, and these companies. Because 
It's so many of the of the programmers aren't actual programmers. They're salespeople or whomever that got promoted that don't understand the value of the actual human being to generate the ratings, to generate the success. They were like, well, we got to cut budget. And again, I haven't talked to Damon. It's just my guess. He probably was making a lot of money because the show was very successful. show continued to be successful. And so they just, they, they're like, well, you get rid of him and Ray Ratto, save the most money. That's the best show. And so listen, I'm sure Damon will land on his feet. I, the, he had probably outgrown that local radio anyway. Maybe not. But it's just, as a guy who, when I got out of college, I thought I would do, lo- I would do radio and radio only forever. Man, tough business. Tough business where one guy in a smaller market who has been doing it for 20 plus years gets fired for being honest. Another guy in a major market gets fired for being too successful. Just brutal. All right, here's what's not on the show today. My Kansas City Chiefs signed Jawan Taylor to a huge deal and rumors they still might trade for Laramie Tunsil, which would give them far and away one of the best offensive lines in modern NFL history. We'll see if they end up making that happen. They're letting Orlando Brown, my buddy, walk. The Chargers, Austin Eckler's eyeing a trade, and the Oscars did not make the show. Does Nick watch movies is on the screen. I do. I love movies. One of my favorite hobbies is watching good movies, but I don't have an Oscars take. I was actually watching during the, I watched Rihanna's performance. And then I was, other than that, I was watching the Lakers blow a game to the Knicks. All right, Demonze, let's get the show started. All right, man. So it's uh, about 1045 AM on Tuesday. We still don't know if Rogers is going to the Jets. Yeah. This is pretty low, even by his standards of always making everything about him. Uh Uh-huh. With a deal reportedly in place, all he has to do is make the decision, yes or no. And he can't even do that. If the Jets are still doing everything to get a guy who doesn't even really seem like he wants to be on the team. Sure. Reports are that New York is pursuing Alan Lazard to get his favorite wide receiver from the last team. My question is, what is the point in the Jets doing this? Doesn't it seem like it's bound to fail? Okay, well, the point is, and it's very simple. Last year, 37 quarterbacks threw at least 175 passes. Yeah. By passer rating. The 35th, 36th, and 37th rated. The three worst quarterbacks in the league by passer rating were Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, Mike White. The three Jets quarterbacks. The Jets have not had competent quarterbacking in consecutive seasons in my adult life. They had a good year of Chad Pennington, a good year of Vinny Testaverde, a decent year of Brett Favre, but they can't string it together. And so they are desperate for any type of quarterbacking that is not awful. Rodgers is a year removed from winning league MVP. So I understand why they feel like this is the move. Do I think it will work? No. But to me, the more notable thing is this. Rodgers, the one thing he has been consistent on is, I won't drag this out. I understand that the Packers, the Jets, he didn't say the Jets, but the Packers and whomever else, they 
need to know what I'm doing before free agency starts. Free agency started yesterday. And we all know he's not retiring. Listen, if Aaron Rodgers actually retires, and because that, I believe, could be a torturous and difficult decision. You're going to take ayahuasca live on camera? Yeah, I see you. Wa- oh, you were watching FS1 yesterday. Uh. I promised to do that y- yesterday. If he actually retires, I will apologize. And more than apologize, because then I'll understand it. Right. But I don't think there was ever a chance he was retiring. I don't think there's a chance he's retiring. He, you don't fight for a new contract to walk away from the best part of the new contract, which is the $60 million guaranteed he gets for playing this year. By the way, we get another $40 million for playing next year, but $60 million guaranteed this year. So I believe this is just a bit of, look at me. The Packers don't want it. You can argue the merits of that, but Mark Murphy, their team president, came out and said the Packers don't, you know, that essentially said they don't want him, did say, and I didn't even realize after my little Syracuse thing, I'm wearing, drinking out of a Syracuse WAER mug. Uh, the Packers said they're ready to turn the page to Jordan Love. They're ready. And sucks. What sucks? That just sucks for them that they ended up, you know, going with Jordan Love that Rodgers didn't end up staying. Well, I no, I think they are choosing that. I think that they want to just move on, that they're done with uh, this drama, the antics, all of it, and they need to see Jordan play. And I think, but here is the problem. The problem is, and let me let me grab my computer so I can get this exactly right. Uh, when I say free agency opened yesterday, guys, if you, we have seen so many deals, we we saw Jalen Ramsey traded. We just saw Jacoby Myers signed. We saw Shaq Mason traded. We saw uh, Taylor Heineke signed. We saw the Chiefs. Sign, we just mentioned him, the, the right tackle, Jawan Taylor. Saw TJ Edwards sign. We saw Tremaine Edmonds sign. We saw big deals by a lot of teams. Now let me go to what the Jets have done on spot rent. The Jets have done nothing other than sign their own player, Quincy Williams, to a contract extension and sign Greg Zerline a kicker. Okay, the Packers, let's see what they have done. The Packers agreed to a one-year, $6 million contract with a special teamer slash corner, and that's it. You know why those teams haven't done anything? Because they're in a holding pattern, right? waiting on Rodgers. And if you want to end up, competing for a championship with either of these teams. You want them to have the information as soon as possible. And now if the answer is Rodgers has one more ask and that ask is sign Alan Lazard and then I'll agree to a trade, I suppose that's his prerogative, but I don't think that's the fastest path 
to getting him a Super Bowl. What if he's waiting to announce his decision when he shows up on Pat McAfee's show on Tuesday? So see him doing something like that. I that would be that would make what I'm saying here even worse. If you're making the Jets not, you know, unable to participate fully in free agency, unable to like the Jets gotta know. Do we have Aaron Rodgers? If we do, do we? I don't think they would, but do we want to trade for DeAndre Hopkins? Would they have wanted to trade for Jalen Ramsey? Jalen Ramsey went for a third-round pick. Sauce Gardner, Jalen Ramsey as your two corners? That seems fun. There's a lot of things to do, and I don't even know if he's going on McAfee today. That was Drew S.'s question, by the way. I mean, I I think some people are speculating that. Even by Rodgers' standards, to me, that would be beyond. All right, next. All right, so a lot of people like the Jets to make a playoff run if Aaron Rodgers decides to go there. But Miami made a big splash over the weekend, like you just said, trading for Jalen Ramsey. Uh, and they got two an insurance policy in Mike White. Per usual, you can never count out Bill yeah, Belichick. No, you can count him out. You can okay. count out Belichick. The team sucks. <laughs> okay. Weapons. They just lost Jacoby Myers to the Raiders. Maybe they're going to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. They have far and away, assuming Rodgers goes there, by a mile, the worst quarterback in the division. You can count out the Patriots. Go I ahead. say we'll see. Okay. But uh, none of this matters considering Buffalo is probably the overwhelming favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. Okay, stop that, first of all. My aunt, listen, Miami's on their ass now. Miami was right there last year until Tua got hurt. We, you, Now, I am not a huge Tua guy, but the results were... Super positive, obviously, when he was healthy. Just for context, well, the Bills, wow. The Bills are, I mean, they're co-second favorites. The Chiefs are 6-1, to and then Eagles, Bills, Bengals, and Niners are all 9-1. to So all those teams are tied at 9-1. to And then the Dolphins are down all the way at 28-1. to Uh Oh, okay. The, uh, to win the Super Bowl, yeah, not yeah. not to win the division or AFC or anything. So the Chiefs are the favorites by a healthy margin, and then Eagles, Bills, Bengals, and Niners are all nine to one. I the Bills, Leslie Frazier retired or took a year away from football as their defensive coordinator. They're losing guys in free agency as we speak. We'll see. I don't listen. Josh Allen's going to have. A lot of opportunities. However, this iteration of the Bills, their best chance might have been the last two years. If you just or the last three years. You look at the Bills last three years, they make the AFC championship game. And then the next year, they don't play that well, but then they peak at the very end of the season, play amazing in the final few weeks, play a perfect game against the Patriots have the Chiefs down with 13 seconds left. And then this year, they end up with the two seed. They get uh, a fourth-string quarterback in round one in Miami. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they blow a home game to the Bengals. I do wonder if they take a step backwards. Now, that doesn't mean they don't win the division, but Miami is Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey Plus the other stuff they're doing. Miami can't be dismissed. All right, next. All right, Josh McDaniels and the Raiders finally got their Super Bowl winning former Patriots quarterback. 
and Jimmy G. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy had pretty solid numbers last year, and now it gets Jacoby Myers plus Devontae, Jacobs, and Waller. Is Vegas the team that will give your Chiefs the most trouble in the division this next year? The Raiders, the Raiders are not a serious team. You, they, they got worse at quarterback. What? They're, Derek, Derek Carr and Jimmy G. They got worse. Flatly, they got Derek worse. Derek Carr, you were saying the Saints shouldn't have traded for? Well, the Saints shouldn't have signed him because the Saints need to admit they're in rebuild. But I think the Jets should have signed him. I think Carr, listen, Carr is the definition of a league average quarterback. Jimmy's a below average quarterback. But give me, the Raiders are the least of my words. The Raiders are likely going to finish last in that division. The Raiders, here's a fun fact, a few of them for you. First of all, Jimmy Garoppolo, has, as a starter, has spent the entire time of his career in the NFC. Despite that, other than the Seattle Seahawks, do you know, Jimmy only, this is unbelievable stat, by the way. Jimmy only has 19 career losses to Monza. Four of them have come to the Chiefs. He's 0-4 against the Chiefs, and the Raiders, since Mahomes got there, are 1-9 against the Chiefs. The one time the Raiders beat the Chiefs, they took their buses on laps around Arrowhead Stadium, and they've never beaten them since and hadn't beat them in the couple years prior. The, go ahead. Is, is Jimmy G cheaper than Derek Carr? He's got to be cheaper than he Derek Carr. He is cheaper than Derek Carr. So what if this is like some two-way move to then get Brady? Well. Cheap quarterback. The thing is, Brady. Eric, I said this on the show yesterday. Mangini floated the idea of Brady coming back, not at the beginning of the season. But later in the year, if a team suffers a quarterback injury, what is the quarterback most likely to get injured? Jimmy G. Oh, Jimmy yeah. G has been is injured. You know, he's been injured almost every year of his career in some capacity. You add to that the oh, you add to that that uh that the the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, they know the offense that's an offense Brady's used to right I could see that happening at some point but right now their plan is Jimmy G and that's a bad plan flatly that's a bad plan they're right if you're power ranking the AFC West it's very very simple it's the Chiefs number one with a bullet the Chargers lingering then a big gap the Broncos and then the Raiders the Broncos are going to get a boost because Russell won't be the worst quarterback in the AFC this year, and uh, Sean Payton will be really good for them. You don't think that Russell's going to have, like, I know this is kind of off topic, but You're right. quarterbacks, you don't think Russell's going to have, like, a comeback season? Well, year? I think he'll bounce back a bit. Yeah. Like I said, he won't be the worst quarterback in the AFC, but I don't think he's going to be top 10. I don't think he's going to be very good. All right, next. All right, the draft isn't for a few months, but the Bears are already looking like winners, man. They traded back to the ninth spot for a bundle of assets and are set up for the future. Uh, now they're definitely winning 11 games again this season. What is this? Show a what are we showing? little flashback of one of your hot takes. Oh, oh okay, see this. 11 is, and 6. This is so <laughs> misleading and unfair. This was, you see how we're still remote this was I do a Still thing. <laughs> I do a thing every year where the day after the schedule comes out, I pick every single game. 
And that is, I am not tied to that. I, it is not my official predictions. It is, it is, I, I go through all 272 games week by week, kind of agnostic of what it would mean the team's record is. I just look at week one and I pick winners, week two, week three, week four, et cetera. And then at the end of it, I see what everybody's record is. So I was not in on the Bears winning 11 games. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, I mean, what type of season did the, because I just became like a real football fan yeah. last year, I guess. So I guess my question was, what was the Bears record the year before that? Wasn't good. But they were starting a rookie quarterback. Two years prior, they had made the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback. But they had the Bears, after I did that, they tore everything down. They traded away all their players. They cleared the books. We're not rehashing (laughs) a take that wasn't even a take. Go ahead. All right, everybody's saying the Bears won the trade. But this means that they're choosing fields over the number one quarterback in the draft. Yeah. Will this will this end up being a huge missed opportunity? No, I think Bears? it's smart because if they are they yeah. now have a number one receiver for Fields and DJ Moore. They are they have a legitimate receiving core with, with DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and Mooney. They still have so what they got was the ninth pick. Carolina's uh, the ninth pick this year, a second from Carolina this year, which is like 37 or something. The Carolina's first next year, that's important, and Carolina's second in two years. So why is Carolina's first next year important? Carolina is going to be starting a rookie quarterback. They don't have Christian McCaffrey anymore. They don't have DJ Moore anymore. They're in a rebuild. So they're going to be terrible next season. They are probably going to have a top five pick next season, but that goes to the Bears. Right. So now what the Bears can do is, Fairly evaluate Justin Fields, and next year, if he's no good, they'll have a good draft pick, plus Carolina's good draft pick. They can then draft their quarterback next year. Yeah, if not, if he is good. Get an offensive lineman. Right. Get an offensive lineman, the ninth pick of the draft. Right. And if he is good, you can then use those two picks next season to upgrade the defense or do whatever you want. So I think this was smart by the Bears. They traded down a lot now. You could have traded with the Colts at four, but you wouldn't have got what they they got. Carolina's number one next year, which is intensely valuable because Carolina's going to be starting a rookie quarterback and not any good. A second rounder, a good second rounder from Carolina this year, which is valuable. Uh, a future second rounder, which is semi-valuable. And DJ Moore, who if you tried to trade for DJ Moore, you'd probably have to trade a late first. So they got the ninth pick this year. The equivalent of a future first in DJ Moore, because that's what you would add trade for him. And what I think will be a great first round pick next year and two seconds. That's as good as you could have done. Now you need Justin Fields to develop as a passer, but I like Justin Fields. He's and crazy. He's, an athlete. he's an athlete and you just got to be a little more refined as a passer. Right. And the other part of for me is this. I would feel like it was a huge missed opportunity if Caleb Williams was in this year's draft the quarterback from USC that won the Heisman this past year, who I think is going to be a superstar. But Bryce Young's too small. Ohio State quarterbacks don't have a good track record in the NFL. That's C.J. Stroud. Right. And then there's Anthony Richardson, who is intriguing, but number one overall pick seems a a stretch for me. So if there was... They made the right move. I think they made the right move. I like it, and I understand Carolina finally saying... All right, let's go get our quarterback. All right, quick break. Don't forget, you guys can ask questions. We'll answer them in the C block. 
We got some games playing. I go over my all NBA ballot next. What's right. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 134. Uh, Demonze, before we get to the game, uh, or whatever game we're playing today, I think it's right or wrong, let's talk a little All-NBA. All right, the MVP debate is front and center, no pun intended. That's boring since obviously Jokic should win. I don't think Jokic is going to win. You think Embiid's going to win? I think Embiid's going to win. I, you know, if you have a vote, you're not allowed to gamble on it. The NBA egregiously won't give me a vote. I don't understand why. I don't understand how am I not one of the hundred most qualified people Probably to vote on NBA. You're talking about the future three-time MVP. Okay, and well, get you on the- okay, maybe. Uh, but because I don't have a vote, I can gamble on it. <laughs> and I bet I I made two big NBA bets yesterday. Really? I, yeah, I did. <laughs> Futures. Oh, okay. So I bet a significant amount on Embiid to win MVP at plus three hundred. I think right now it's a coin flip. Right now, I think it's like. Forty-five percent Embiid, forty-five percent Jokic, ten percent Giannis, and I got Embiid at three to one. I also bet the Lakers to win the title. What do you? <laughs> you're laughing at me. What do you think? Okay, you're laughing. Just wait a second. What do you think I got him at? What to, sixteen to one, thirty-two to one, forty-nine to one. For, yeah, dude, forty-nine to one, forty-nine to one, Devontae. This is this is the old Adam uh what's the Adam Sandler this is how I win meme. Okay. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen Oh, that. from have you not seen Uncut Gems? No. Oh, you would love that movie now that you're a gambler. Yeah. Oh, you got to go watch it on Netflix as soon as you get home today. Yeah, I'll check Kevin it out. Kevin Garnett's in it. It had a lot of hype surrounding it. It was really it good. Um it's stressful. That movie is stressful. But you know how I was this close? To win in that 50000 on the Chiefs-Niners Super Bowl exacta? Because you were drunk at 2 in the morning on some random 
What do you mean? No, I'm messing, I'm messing with you. No, the the how, how did you how did you come? No, to, that's how you, you had lost a dream or something. <laughs> no, the Chiefs Niners future from before the year. Yeah, I picked it and I wouldn't hedge out of it. Our whole season long bet. Yeah, I put a thousand bucks on the Lakers at forty nine to one. So that's not fifty. That's forty. So I'm just letting you know, and I won't hedge out of it. But I like the Lakers' chances right now. But that's neither here nor there. Let's get to the All NBA stuff. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. The more interesting debate may just be the all NBA debate. Yeah. You released your ballot on Twitter. Uh, do your best to rationalize having LeBron, Steph, and Katie on there while all while missing half the season. Okay, so let's go let's go through uh let's go through the the list here uh of what we've got the for the all NBA, what my tweet was. Okay. So my tweet was a lot can change in the final month. As of now, my All-NBA teams would be. So I am going to go with the traditional rules that a center is a center. So I'm not putting Jokic and Embiid both on my first team. I know they, pardon me, they changed the rules last year, so you could, but that's ridiculous. Jokic, your All-NBA teams should theoretically be able to take the court together. And Jokic and Embiid would never be on the court together. Neither one of them is a forward. So you have to choose between them. So I went Embiid, center. It, there, some of these are obvious. Tatum's got to be a first-team forward. Giannis has to be a first-team forward. Embiid or Jokic have to be a first-team center. And Luka has to be a first-team guard. So that then leaves one guard spot available. I'm rewarding winning how clutch he has been. De'Aaron Fox gets my last first-team guard spot as of now. They are, are they still the two-seed, or did they fall technically to the three-line last night? They're the three-seed by a game. He's been outstanding. I don't think there's going to be a lot of argument there. Now we get to second team. So Jokic is the center. It's either Jokic and beat and beat Jokic. Jokic is the center. We'll get to LeBron, the forwards in a moment. I don't know about Durant or LeBron over Durant. Well... So here's the problem. So, well, let me get there, okay? So this is where I say it can change because right now when it comes to games played, so the Lakers have played 66 games, right? 68 games. LeBron's played 47 of them, okay? Steph has played 43. Durant has played 42, all right? You... Out of six, 47, 45, 42 out of 66 is barely enough, but enough. 47, 45, 42 out of 82 is not enough. You got to play at least a little more, you know, more than half the season. So Durant could fall off it if Durant doesn't come back at all. Right. Steph is healthy and playing. We'll see how much longer LeBron's going to miss. Can we throw that back on the screen, though, the All-NBA ballot? Right now, though, all of those guys have played enough, in my opinion, to qualify. So LeBron was underrated how exceptional he was, despite the roster being fully broken to start the year, despite the fact that Anthony Davis was out injured. LeBron for the season is 30 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, on better than 50% from the field. Now, Durant is similar numbers, worse passing, more efficient, 
However, Durant's missed more time, and I am flatly, and I think it's fair, going to ding you a bit for demanding a trade from a team you built. Like, so there's that, plus he's played less, so that's LeBron over Durant. Jimmy Butler, Laurie Markkinen. Laurie Markkinen's numbers are better. I have Jimmy Butler as second team, Laurie Markkinen third team. Markkinen's numbers are better. Jimmy is such a winning player. And if you watched last night, a defensive play to help win the game. He hit. He never shoots threes. He hit a huge three last night. To me, he's just one of the 15 best guys in the league. And now the really, and then guys, big men who missed or front court guys who missed. Kawhi missed. Kawhi is close. Kawhi's only played 41 games and his numbers are only 24 points per game. But since mid-January, he's been unbelievable. But because he's played so little and a lot of those games he's on a minutes restriction, he just misses. And bam, misses because I think the Kings deserve two guys. And DeMontis Sabonis has been awesome. So DeMontis gets my final center spot. So Kawhi could take Durant's spot in a few getting 10 more games. Yes, absolutely. And Kawhi absolutely could take Throw that back on the screen again, guys. Sorry. Kawhi absolutely could take Durant's spot. In fact, I would anticipate he might take Durant's spot. And then there's the guard stuff, and it's the hardest. So Steph has been unbelievable for a bad team. He's carried them. I know he's missed time, but he's one of the greatest players ever. He's having an awesome season. He's averaging 30 a game. He's shooting 44% from three. He's averaging 36 and six. Donovan Mitchell has been the difference for the Cavs this year. He's giving you also around 30 a game. And then Dame, his team stinks is the problem, but he is averaging 32 a night and shooting 38% from three. And I think James Harden's been underrated in what he's done with Philly, and Philly could win the title. Harden this year, I think people are discounting him. His scoring is down, but he's 22.6 rebounds, 11 assists, on four, and 40% from three. And the Sixers deserve two guys. But that does leave SGA off it entirely, which feels unfair, but they also are now losing a lot. Jalen Brown doesn't make it. And Anthony Edwards doesn't make it. SGA was the hardest one to leave off. Mm-hmm. Maybe I end up taking Dame off for him, but I do think Dame's better than him. But that's my All NBA as of now. It can change. There's a month left. Can you bet on All NBA? Maybe. I I've never seen it, but maybe you can. I'm okay. Not sure. All right. Let's go to the game. All right. Today we're playing right or wrong. First up, we got with Rogers, assumedly. Going to the Jets and the Dolphins signing Mike White to inevitably replace. Yeah, to at some point. Where does that leave Mac Jones? Right or wrong? Mac Jones is the fifth best quarterback in the AFC East. Well, I actually think right, but not because of Mike White, because I think Zappy's better than him. I think it's wild. Josh Allen, Tua. Well, Josh Allen, Rodgers, and Tua. Zappy Mac Jones. So I think that's right. Fifth best quarterback in the AFC East. Next. Jeez. With uh with Rodgers and Brady out of the NFC, the conference's quarterback situation is looking pretty dicey. 
right or wrong, the second best quarterback in the NFC is Jared Goff. Yeah. So, no. No, 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 he's not. So, if we're just going to say Jalen Hurts is one, Dak's got to be two. Yeah. Stafford's got to be three. Mm. He was out injured this year. Stafford's got to be three. And then, and then, I don't know. Golf is in the Geno, Golf, Fields are all in the discussion. I'm leaving someone out that you want to include. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel, your guy, Daniel. <laughs> all right, next. Uh, the 49ers signed the top defensive lineman in free agency and stayed away from the quarterbacks. That means that they have full belief in Lance Purdy, right? Or Lance or Purdy. Yep. Right. Right or wrong, Trey Lance will hold back the 49ers. Wrong. If he's healthy, they're going to be really good. Guys, they went to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game with Jimmy Garoppolo. They then went to an NFC Championship game with Brock Purdy. The final pick of the draft as a rookie. The yeah, I, I like Brock Purdy wasn't nice, though. Wasn't, he wasn't, wasn't nice. No, he was, I don't know. I don't think he was very good. Brock Purdy? I think he played well because Shanahan's offense is quarterback proof. I think Trey Lance will be an upgrade for them. If Trey Lance is healthy, that's why I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. If Trey Lance is healthy, I believe. You love Trey Lance, man. Well, I just. I really like that guy. I mean, he's played fine in his opportunities, except for the monsoon game against the Bears. So week one this year, he's had very limited opportunities. I believe in the talent, and I believe a mobile mobile running quarterback in Shanahan's system could be unbelievable. Next. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, me uh, too. All right, reports out that Tom Brady's replacement in Tampa could be your old pal Baker Mayfield. Ready to buy a bit more ready to buy a bit more Baker stock? Right or wrong, Baker will be the start the Bucks starter week one. So that's interesting one. I I think he will be. And they do still have good receivers. And I think that's a good buy low. They have Mike Evans, Mike Evans Chris Godwin. Okay. Uh, I think it's a good buy low opportunity. I don't think they'll be very good there. You know, they're slowly trying to rebuild. They just traded Shaq Mason. But I think they could, I think Baker could be fine there if he can stay upright. Next. All right. Uh, your crusade against the Saints cap decisions and Derek Carr may have made you public enemy number one in New Orleans. Right or wrong, Saints fans are now the number one Nick Wright haters. Well, I, Saints fans are being misled by Saints media. I, I, and the Saints media, Guys, we all know what's happening here. And I'm not going to name names, but I had three separate prominent national media people DM me yesterday when I was in this tete-a-tete with Saints Media saying to various degrees, get them. These people are insufferable. Uh, And guys, we all know what's happening. Mickey Loomis and or Dennis Allen feed you information so you feel beholden to them, so you defend what is indefensible. And these guys acting like, oh, you just don't understand what the Saints do with the cap. Yes, I do. Pardon me. That It's very simple what the Saints do with the cap. Let me explain it briefly. What the Saints do with the with the reason they can, oh, they're in terrible cap shape, but now they're okay, is they convert salary into signing bonus 
Salary must hit the cap that year. Signing bonus can be prorated over the life of a contract. So if a guy is scheduled to make $20 million in salary this year, he's a $20 million cap hit, okay? But if you turn that into $1 million in salary and a $20 million or $19 million signing bonus, you can then divvy that up over the remainder of the contract. Say he has four years left on the deal, $5 million, $5 million, $5 million, $5 million. And now this year, all of a sudden, he's a $6 million cap hit. Your salary plus this year's signing bonus. The problem is the bill comes due. The problem is eventually every dollar you pay a player must be accounted for in some year's cap. And the Saints are like, oh, well, the cap goes up and we add void years. So void years are too nerdy to get into, but it's essentially fake years on the end of a deal that you can tack that signing bonus proration onto. But the player, when those years come, they're not on their they're not under contract anymore. So then they hit your cap that year. I understand it very, very well. It is of, of the many things you could try to gotcha on me, uh, gotcha, Nick, on me is understanding the finances and the mechanisms of salary caps is not one of them. <laughs> it's not it, it, astrophysics, guys. It's basic accounting practices. And what the Saints have done is continually kick the can down the road so this year they can field the most competitive team possible. The problem is, as they're walking down that road, they keep stumbling over previous kicked cans. And those, once a player is no longer on your roster, that proration hits you instantly. So you have what's called dead money, which is, Salary cap space allocated to players who are not on your team. They get that immediately. It hits you that season. So two years ago, because they had done, I understood them doing all of this, by the way, when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback at the end of his career, you should go for it. You should say, I'll pay this bill later. Let's get as many great players on the team right now as possible. That's what they're doing with Breeze. But then Breeze retired. And they had all these bad contracts, and most notably Breeze's money came on the books. So they had $40 million in dead money. So the salary cap, call it $200 million, you're operating with one sixty. It It puts you at a disadvantage. You have 20% of your cap not available to you. What they should have done is take their medicine and say, okay, we're not going to, we missed our window, Drew retired. Let's clean up our books, do what the Bears did bottom out for a year, clean up our books, and move forward. Instead, they pretended they could win a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston. And then they saw they couldn't, and they did it again last year. And they saw they couldn't even win or come in second. Maybe they tied for second, I don't remember. The worst division in recent NFL history. And then they went and signed Derek Carr to pretend they could do it this year. And I understand the mechanisms. I understand what they're doing. I also understand that it is not a sustainable model. And the only way to justify it is if you are in a true win-now Super Bowl window for a great quarterback at the end of his career. 
So right now, the Saints actually have legit cap space. It's unbelievable, but they do. But next year, for the contracts they have on the books, again, the salary cap is about $220 million. Next year, they're at $344 million. So they're more than $100 million over next year's cap. Why is that? Well, they just restructured Jameis. So Jameis has those void years after this year that hit the that hit the cap. Derek Carr, this year's cap hit, $7 million bucks. Next year, $35 million. And then 45, then 55. So you know what they'll do next year? They'll turn Derek Carr's salary into signing bonus and again have it inflate long term. What about Alvin Kamara? This year, 8 million. Next year, 18 million. Michael Thomas, this year, 14 million. Next year, $60 million for a receiver that doesn't even play anymore. Now, will they actually pay that? No, of course not. But then all that bonus money proration comes due. Let's go to their Taysom Hill. This year, $7 million for Taysom Hill, which is an abomination. Next year, $15 million. The year after that, $15 million. And then void years of $5 million. A, a, a third string tight end, who's $2 million this year, $7 million next year, and then $5 million of void years that are going to hit their cap. We can go up and down the list. Ryan Ramchick, their, guard, their right tackle, $11 million this year. 27 million the following year. Guys, Cam Jordan, who needs a new deal. Cam Jordan's on the last year of his deal. He's only 15 million on the cap this year. He's 23 million on their cap next year to not play for them. That's a disaster. (laughs) And so you guys can say, I don't understand. What I'm telling Saints fans, one of my favorite cities in the country, New Orleans, your local media is misleading. Someone, they, said, someone said the Saints sound like degenerate gamblers. Well, it's it, it's just, they. oh, there's the, this is how I win. It is the Saints operate the salary cap the way I would expect someone to operate their American Express card if the doctor just gave them a terminal diagnosis. Like you have six months to live. Like, well... Screw it. I'm never paying this bill by everything I want. But assuming the Saints believe the NFL is going to exist over the next decade, (laughs) they are not operating smartly or correctly. Quick break. Answer your questions. Talk a little March Madness next. What's right? All right, welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 134. Uh, before we get to your questions, Demonze, you had a March Madness thing you wanted. Yeah, so it, it's the C block, the yeah. week of the tournament, and we still haven't talked about March Madness, man. What is this? What's All right, going on? so listen, I think it is my, particularly on this show, my responsibility to talk about things that either I am passionate about or I know a ton about. Going into the NCAA tournament, I'm not the guy to get your college basketball picks from. I'm not watching a ton of regular season college basketball. And I, unlike, and I won't name names, but many of my colleagues across national sports media 
am not going to pretend that I have real insight on who the sleepers are. So, like, what you're going to see is this from folks that are not watching any. Now, obviously, a lot of people do watch college basketball. Listen to them. But you know what you're going to hear? You're going to hear a lot of this. Oh, I got to tell you, be careful. Utah State, little sleeper team over Missouri in the southern bracket for someone that couldn't name half a player on Utah State or on Missouri. Oh, guys, let me tell you. Let me tell you what my final four is, okay? You know, in the, in the south, I'm going with I'm going with Alabama, despite all the controversy surrounding their program. Too much talent. I like Alabama. In the Midwest. I think they do have the best player. Yeah, yeah, I think they do too. In the Midwest, we're going Houston. So top of the bracket, we're going chalk. But it's going to get a little crazy out West. Kansas, upset they didn't get, you know, the Midwest bracket where they get to play in Kansas City. I think Bill Self's tendency of losing to lower-seeded teams continues. UConn upsets Kansas in the Sweet 16, but making it out of that bracket, you know what? I got to tell you, I like Gonzaga. People (laughs) think they're no no good because of the soft schedule. I like the veterans on that team. And then out east, so we've got two ones and a three. And out east, this is where your brackets get busted, everybody. In a year, everyone wrote them off. Coach Cal in Kentucky, rally. Get it together at the end of the year and come out of the East. So we've got Alabama, Houston. We've got a minor upset out West uh, with Gonzaga making another final. Man, Mark Few. Never underestimate Mark Few. And then out East, Coach Cal is a one seed. He underachieves. In a year where they say he's on the hot seat, he makes his 12th career Elite Eight, makes another Final Four. There it is. It's all fake. You know who watches college basketball and you know who doesn't. Now, I will be locked into the tournament because it's the tournament. And after this weekend, I might have some opinions. Once I've watched these games, all of them, and watched all these teams. But right now, I don't have a take other than. My take every year, which is if you want to be able to brag about your bracket, you are only allowed to fill out one. You can't have six different final fours, an upset bracket, a chalk bracket of this bracket, and then tell me about how good your bracket is. Now let's get to the listener questions. All right. Uh, first, we got Ryan Fitzgerald. He asked, how is Rodgers to the Jets not another version of Russ to the Broncos? Well, they're not going to give him a new contract, and they're not going to trade all those picks. Uh, so it's not going to be as devastating for them. But with the latest news, Schefter said they might be signing Randall Cobb too. So that's what that evidently is what's taking so long is Rogers is making them sign his friends before he goes and plays for him. Next, uh, Alex Fry said, is it possible teams are waiting until after the draft to make Lamar an offer so they can keep this year's draft pick, assuming next year's pick will be later in the first round? 100% that's possible. And I think that might happen with the Colts. So the Colts wanted Bryce Young. They were talking about trading up for the number one pick. They didn't. Now they're sitting at four. If it goes Stroud Young, one, two, 
the Colts have the fourth pick. If they were to try to sign Lamar now and the Ravens were to not match, they give up the fourth pick and next year's pick. They wait until after the draft, they give up next year's pick and the year after. And you would think with Lamar, it's not going to be the top four pick. Right. So I do think that's absolutely in play. I also think Detroit is a sneaky Lamar contender. They could wait till after. They have two first-round picks. These are 16 and 18, I think. Or 6 and 18, pardon me. Wait until after the draft. And then trade Goff for probably two. Get Lamar. It could happen next. All right. Uh, Aurora Rodriguez said, what's one player you want the Chiefs to sign or trade for? Uh, I think Odell might go to the Chiefs. And I think that... Because if, is Hardman leaving? Hardman's going to be gone. Juju might be back. If they let Juju walk, I would sign Odell. Uh, and there somebody. seems to be a little bit of smoke around them trading for Laramie Tunsil. I, it would be surprising to me after they just signed Juwan Taylor to four years, $80 million, and, But that, your tackles, I guess, would be set. All right, next. Uh, negative four and two said, do you think the 49ers getting Sam Darnold is a further hint that they want to trade Trey Lance? Absolutely not. I think Sam Darnold is a hint that they're not certain Brock Purdy is going to be healthy for week one. And they need a backup quarterback. Next. Uh, Ryan Patierno, Nick, what are your thoughts on the reports that players will need to play a minimum number of games to qualify for NBA awards? I I think that's one solution. You got to figure something out, guys. You can't, I'm not trying to sound like old man here, but, and it's a lot of the teams doing it, imposing it on the players rather than the players asking out of games, but it's, it's reached a tipping point. There's too many, the, you turn on Sunday night ABC and Giannis isn't playing. I know he has a wrist injury, but Warriors, Bucks, like it's too much of a crapshoot, and the tickets are too expensive for fans to not know who's going to play. That has to get tightened up. I don't know how they do it. That's an idea. Cowherd's been big on that. You got to do something. We got to have because the other reason is this: you can't even be like, well, the bright side is because of load management, guys are suffering less injuries. That's not the case. So it's not even, we don't even have data that load management is working. All right, we'll be back on Thursday talking to you guys right as the before the NCAA tournament tips off. We will talk to you guys then. Have a wonderful day. See you on TV today. What's right? <laughs>